the Timepieces History Podcast, where each bite-sized show shares the story of a place, person or object from the past. Here's your host, Gudrun Lorette. Hello and welcome to the final episode of Season 2 of the Timepieces History Podcast. Today we're looking at Wallington Hall and Gardens in Northumberland. I'd love to know what you think of these episodes, so please come and find me on Twitter at Gudrun Lorette or leave a comment on your audio player of choice. Alternatively, you can pop a message onto the relevant podcast page over at gudrunlorette.com forward slash podcast, where you'll find the show notes, useful links and an episode transcript. No email address required to access that. When we were very little, my parents had a National Trust membership. We didn't tend to go very far, usually having day trips at some of the stately homes local to us. One of my favourites, which my grandparents also enjoyed visiting, was Wellington Hall. While the grown-ups liked the extensive gardens, both for the beautiful floral displays and for their ability to wear out my excitable brother, I preferred the hall itself. I liked wandering through the rooms, and particularly to see their dollhouse collection. The estate was first owned by the Fenwick family, who lived there from 1475. This ancient family had their family seat at Matfin, also Northumberland, from the 12th century. A baronetcy was created for Sir John Fenwick in 1628, and he and the next two generations of Fenwick sat as MPs. Unfortunately, the family ran out of money not long afterwards. Wallington Hall was then bought by the wealthy Blackett family, who were mining and shipping magnates. Patriarch Sir William Blackett purchased it in 1688 to turn it into a country retreat. The Peel Tower was demolished and the new building was constructed with shooting parties in mind. Although it served as a rough and ready country bolt hall, the Blackett family were nevertheless generous hosts. William's son, also William, employed six men whose sole job it was to carry drunk guests to their rooms. When he died, he left the estate to his nephew Walter Calverley, on the condition that he marry William's illegitimate daughter and take the family name. The new Sir Walter Calverley Blackett began a series of renovation works in the house and grounds. He employed Capability Brown, who also designed the original garden at Ant Castle, which we looked at in episode 5, to design pleasure grounds at the nearby Rothley Lake. Capability Brown, real name Lancelot, has been described as England's greatest gardener. He was born in 1716 in a village not far from Wellington Hall and educated at a local school. His eldest brother was a land surveyor and married the daughter of Sir William, presumably the one who bought the estate from the Fenix. Capability was head gardener's apprentice in a kitchen garden at Kirk Hall Hall, where his parents had both worked until he was 23. He then spent some time in the south, where he worked at Wooden Underwood House in Buckinghamshire, and then at nearby Stowe. He created an abstract composition of landform and woodland there, which was given the odd name of the Greek Valley. Capability soon became a highly sought-after landscape gardener, transforming country house estates across the country, and his designs were the height of fashion. He favoured sweeping lawns which ran right up to the doors of the house, serpentine lakes which he filled by damming rivers, and clumps of trees. The idea was to make a more naturalistic style, doing away with the formality of earlier times, which unsurprisingly earned him some criticism. Landowner Sir Oofdale Price, who had very particular ideas about landscapes, described his trees as like, so many puddings turned out of one common mould. Still, he had plenty of admirers willing to pay him staggering sums for the time. He also dabbled in architecture, although this work was overshadowed by his landscaping skills. Even when building houses, the garden was the focal point. And the nickname? He was known as Capability because he told his customers that their property had capability for improvement. Thank you for listening to Season 2 of the Timepieces History Podcast. I'll be revisiting the northeast of England in future episodes, including some in Season 3. 
Keep a lookout for this season's bonus episodes in the next week or so. I'm speaking to FOMO creator and tea expert Making Sang to find out a bit more about the history of Chinese tea, which we looked at back in episode 7 of season 1. I'll also be speaking to genealogist Natalie Pithis to find out about her work and how she helps people trace their ancestors. It's not something I've ever attempted, but both my maternal grandfather and my mother-in-law have created family trees, so I'm looking forward to asking Natalie about her top tips. Finally, season three of the Time Pieces History podcast is coming in mid-July. For this season, we'll be looking at one of my favourite periods of history, the ancient Romans. As you'll probably know, there's a lot of Roman history in the northeast of England, so I'll be exploring that, but I'll also be travelling elsewhere in the country, virtually at least. Thank you for listening to the Time Pieces History podcast. Don't forget to listen next time for more quick history facts.